Welcome to episode 17 of So Unbecoming. I'm your host, Jamie Muskoff. As always, I'm so grateful you're here with me and chose to listen. I've got an amazing guest for you today, and though I feel she hardly needs an introduction because she's been crushing it this year, for those of you who may not know, Jamie Chapman is an Army veteran, active duty Army spouse, mom, and founder and CEO of Begin Within, which was recently named the number one military spouse-owned business. We first crossed paths on a Veterati mentoring session, and I'll never forget it because I was so excited about what she was doing and what she was saying, and I thought, this woman has a thousand percent of the skills she needs to succeed. I don't need to mentor her, I just need to remind her of her power. And since then, she's been reminding hundreds of other women of their power and helping them get the careers of their dreams. So let's get to my conversation with Begin Within's founder and CEO, Jamie Chapman. All right. Well, thank you for joining today. Um, Give us a little bit of background about you. Tell us what your name is, uh, where you're from, where you are now, and what you do. Well, hello, everyone. This is Jamie, named Twins with Jamie. Um, (laughs) I am the founder and CEO of Begin Within. Um, At Begin Within, my team provides career resources to high performers. Um, I also currently serve as the career and employment advocate for over 10,000 military spouses at MSAN, the Military Spouse Advocacy Network. Uh, I also serve as an advisory board member for a pretty cool up-and-coming financial company called Securing Life Today. Um, Where I am now, I am an active-duty Army spouse, and we live in Germany. I've been married to my husband for three years. Uh, before that, I served in the Army myself for six years, uh, and we have a two-year-old son who's going to be three soon. Uh, I grew up born and raised in Oklahoma, and that's where I met my husband at Lawton Fort Sill, America. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So so I love, thank you, number one, thank you for your service. And I'm curious as to how you came to what you're doing today, because you do help a lot of people get into not just getting into the workforce and getting into the career mindset, but you really help people um, look at themselves and, and uh, evaluate mindset and your personal growth things. So how did you get into Um, that? That's an interesting um, question. So I started out You'll see maybe a theme with me today is happy accidents. Um, <laughs> it just always seems to happen like that. I love it. Um, but honestly, I graduated college. I ended up going through, um, have a, got a degree in communications, got a degree in MBA. Uh, and then after that, I went straight to work at finance companies which is totally not my thing. (laughs) Um, So I worked for two really large, familiar finance companies. I won't name drop them here in call centers. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. I hated my life. It was terrible. Um, So I kind of came down this path. I had been serving in the reserves this whole time in the army. Um, Just for some context, I'm very... um, I love the outdoors. I'm a master gardener. Um, I also love to bird watch. And so I had been working in call centers and also really, really just wanted to go outside. Um, (laughs) So the call centers were making me so crazy. I actually just started job searching Craigslist, Indeed, wherever I could find to look for work um, Mm -hmm. outside. 
And I found a job at a beautiful plant nursery and was loving life, but I needed some more hours because that was paying me like nine bucks an hour. And I was making dirt, literally making dirt and making dirt. Uh, <laughs> and um, <laughs> then I found a job and this is what led me into the kind of career and employment space at a nonprofit in the state of New Hampshire, um, where it was my job to help special needs adults find jobs. And so we, tra we trained them to do uh, hands-on skills like custodial work, gardening, um, working with tools. We also did the employment side of the house and we would get them basically volunteer jobs at real companies locally, teach them how to do customer service, teach them how to do resumes and talk to employers about jobs and that kind of thing. So all just happy accidents mm -hmm. because I just really wanted to go outside. <laughs> um, <laughs> then after that, uh, my life kind of switched gears and some personal things happened. And I ended up with my husband, who's in the Army. Um, I had separated from the military at that point. And then when I got with my husband, I started working at the Army's TAP program, SFL TAP, Soldier for Life Transition mm -hmm. Assistance Program, where I make a joke, but it's true. Um, I got laid off twice, but from, promoted thrice, three times. And in that short, because <laughs> um, the Army's TAP program, it's a contract. It's not like some of the other branches that mm -hmm. use government employees. Uh, so I started out at the bottom mm -hmm. tier as a career counselor, loved, loved, loved working with the soldiers. And then it got laid off. And then I went right back to work for them again. I got promoted a couple of times. <laughs> I ended up being the regional manager of Germany, where I live now. Then I got laid off again. Mm -hmm. I got pretty frustrated at that time. And then I had taken a hobby blog I'd started a couple years earlier, Begin Within, and started my company. Uh, the original plan was to be um, like a side hustle while I look for other jobs. And then it just kept growing and mm -hmm. people kept coming to me to do their resumes. And then in the year, because I started really Begin Within, I uh, started selling services in April of 2018. Mm -hmm. And so now coming to May of 2019, uh, the company's grown so much in just a year, and I have a team of five, if you include myself, and we're just rocking and rolling. It's great. Mm -hmm. So, I love it. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think, you know, you're definitely um, just such a great success story there. And I love that there's just kind of this natural progression of things that you were doing, and you just kind of seizing moments and taking opportunities to to learn and and grow. And, you know, I certainly remember, and this is why I love it most is because Jamie and I met on a Veterati mentorship <laughs> phone call. And I just, I remember listening to everything that you were saying and just thinking like, why are you like, just go for it, do it. <laughs> yeah, You have all the yeah. things, you have yeah. all the skills, like, just get out there and do it. And to see you now um, really succeeding and flourishing in it is just really a remarkable thing. And I think that the, the lesson that I got out of that for sure is, you know, don't, um, don't, don't hold yourself back. <laughs> uh, I talked to a lot of military spouses who I feel like really are just on the brink of something. And I think that that's when we're the most scared. Um, so it's, it's been remarkable to see you grow and, and succeed. Um, what are some of the things that the piece of advice that you would give to military spouses who are either hoping to restart their career or grow professional careers during active duty military life? Well, just to 
just backtrack. I remember our first Veterati call. Um, <laughs> I kept saying to you, and it was because you you motivated me so much. I was so fired up. I kept saying to you, Jamie, I could go kill a bear right now. Just wanted to say that. <laughs> I know that you were probably thinking, who is this hillbilly girl I'm talking to right now that's going to go kill a precious animal? But no. Anyway, I was fired up. So that's how we met. <laughs> Jamie and Jamie on the run. So that was fun. <laughs> Okay, so advice for uh, awesome. advice for military spouses. Um, I would yeah. say number one, um, and this is me. I work with a ton of military spouses, and I hear this theme. And the reason I'm saying it, it's kind of a harsh truth, mm -hmm. but it is the truth. Um, the military mm -hmm. is a tough life, but the military does not dictate military spouse careers. Uh, I see so many spouses mm -hmm. fall into the trap of just playing the victim to the military and just truth be told, you have to grab mm -hmm. it by the horns and run with it. Um, I, I got laid off twice by the same company. I kept working there. I loved every minute of it. Uh, in between the jobs at the same company, I dog sat. I was like on a dog sitting website and I kept people's dogs in my house while I was raising my infant son. And I was like, all right, time to go back to a real job now. So toodles dogs, we're going to have to stay later. Um, <laughs> but it's I love that. You know, my, my, my boss just said, you're just making me think of, my boss just said to another group of military spouses, you know, that, you know, sometimes if you look at a military spouse's resume, it looks like you've been running from the law <laughs> <laughs> because you've got <laughs> you're like working in this program, you know, you're working at a financial institution and then you're a dog sitter and then you're, and then you're all these things like, what is going yeah, on with exactly. her? Well, I love that. I love that you were like, you know, that, that seems to be just a pattern in military spouse life in general is that if you want to keep working, you know, you, you, you've got to take the opportunities that are, that are coming to you. You don't have to, but I, I love that people mm -hmm. do because you get something great out of, well, out of it. No I, never, of, anyway, I, I never hold judgment about people's jobs on their resumes. Military spouse resumes are so checkered with different experience. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I'm a career expert and I was dog sitting pretty recently. So it's just, it's just kind of what right. we have to do. And I think it makes you look scrappy. I have to be honest. So anyway, mm -hmm. the point is basically just don't fall victim to your career. And I think that where I see this fault happening the most is when you want to take time off. Uh, people just, I hear mm -hmm. military spouses saying, oh, I can't work because I have three kids and daycare is expensive and whatever. Cool. Own it. Just stay home with your three kids and be darn proud mm -hmm. of it. You have three kids. It's expensive to put them mm -hmm. in daycare. And you should just be proud. If you want to stay home with your kids instead of work that year, go ahead and stay home. Deployments are hard. Life is tough sometimes in the military and mm -hmm. you're not victim to it. You, you should just be proud of whatever place that you're at, but also realize that it is hard work and you mm -hmm. have to keep working at it. So that's the first thing, really. Just don't let mm -hmm. the military dictate your career. You're not victim to it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it isn't, um, you know, the, the choice is not, I mean, we, we do make a choice. I love that you're saying that, you know, because there are, I think the, the mentality that got me through when I left my career was, I was just grateful that I could do it, that we could afford it. 
and that I wasn't worrying about where my money was coming from. I didn't have to worry about, you know, going to the bank and not having enough money for things. And I realized not everybody is in that position, but, you know, that is such a luxury to, to be able to take that time off. Um, you know, not everybody gets to do it. So I don't know, just a little is, tiny mind, mindset, yeah, it is a mindset shift. shift. And it's just basic self-care. If, if you're a military spouse, you're mm-hmm. operating in single parent mode a lot of the time. Uh, just mm-hmm. since we've lived here in mm-hmm. Germany a year and a half, my husband's been on, I don't know, 40, literally 40, 39 TDYs in a year and a half. Uh, wow. It's crazy. And, wow. you know, it's just the same if they're deployed. They're actually gone, though, the whole time. So it's it's just different. You have to take care of yourself as a military spouse and just being happy with the place you're at. If you are in a position where you need to stay home or even if you work and you work part time or take freelance gigs, but you're not doing mm-hmm. the whole nine to five gig, then just be happy with where you're mm-hmm. at. You're not victim to it. You're in charge of it. You're in the steer. You're driving. You're driving the car, you know. Love it. I love that. Absolutely. Um, what other, other things? things? So maybe the next thing is to bear in mind that people are your number one asset. Um, people, I, I use the word networking and I hate it. Um, networking is so key to your career in general. Uh, networking is key to building a tribe of friends. Networking is key to everything, like surviving as a military spouse. But I hate the word networking, so I like to have people substitute the word networking um, with the word relationship building, because that's really what it is. It's better to have mm-hmm. five close people than to have a hundred acquaintances, and you'd be able to rely yes. on each other. It's not. It's not. You're not just. Um, you're not just a leech. You're not just taking from them. You're giving to each other. If that makes sense. So it's better to have a mm-hmm. network mm-hmm. of five or ten people that you can mutually benefit each other as opposed to just having a million acquaintances out there that you would feel uncomfortable asking them for anything. Um, so that's what you got to keep in mind. People are your yeah. number one asset. Networking is hugely important, but substitute that with relationship building. If you're serving, if you're offering value and building strong relationships, your career is going to be great. Your career's off to a good start. So. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Yeah. I call that, um, connecting versus collecting, mm-hmm. you know, and on social media, that's very easy to do. You know, you can submit a bunch of different LinkedIn connection requests and then suddenly <laughs> you think you're connected, but you're not really, you know, have you taken the time to offer those people that you're connecting with something that you have a value? Um, you know, those are things I, I try to get people to think about too. And I certainly think about as well. Like I don't, I don't, it's not about the number of people I'm connecting with. It's about the quality of the connection. Yeah. And, and really that has gone such a long way for, for myself. I know. Um, and definitely for people who are, are really good at that and spending a lot of time, you know, um, developing those relationships. I think that's great advice. Yeah. So what else? Uh, I guess my kind of final thing is just, be yourself, be authentic. Um, people mm-hmm. do business with people they like. People hire people they like. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard it said, um, no like and trust, right? I can't remember who said that, but I've heard it said. <laughs> so um, keeping in mind that if you're showing up and you're just being yourself, if you're some tacky 87-year-old woman who likes to bird watch and who likes to garden, that's totally fine. Just own who you are and be that person. And that's who people want to work with. That's who people want to be friends with. That's, 
just, you know, people do business with people they like. And so if you're, your, if you're being yourself, if you're an avid sports fan or whatever it may be, just be yourself. People want to hang out with you. And if they don't want to hang out with you, that's probably a good indicator that you don't want to hang out with them. So I know that sounds a little bit <laughs> high school, but that's how the world works. And so you, if you want to find your tribe and connect or find the people that you like working with, you've just got to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. I mean, I don't know. You don't want to be connecting with people as somebody else and then set up kind of these weird expectations yeah. <laughs> of you. Just be you. I, I think that's great. Um, so on, on the flip side of that, what are some things, because you do help people build their careers, and I'm sure in your work uh, with um, TAP, you probably have had, and, and in your previous positions, you probably had the opportunity to work with employers as well who are looking to hire veterans or military spouses. What what are some things that you would tell employers about the the military spouse community or spouses that you've been working with um, in terms of how to how to help them through the process of returning to employment or maintaining employment? Um, so just first and foremost, I am uh, right now is such an exciting time to be an advocate for military spouse careers. Um, oh man, people are out there shaking trees right now and it's just really cool <laughs> to see it. I mean, when I go on LinkedIn one day and I'm saying, oh my God, that's Jamie Muscoff and she is at this hearing right now, you know, preaching the gospel. <laughs> I was like, this is how, this is how it happens. This is how it, movements start and this is how it works. So I'm really proud to be in this community right now. Um, with that being said, the first thing I would say to employers is that movements happen, but they also die out often just as quickly as that they get started. And mm -hmm. so it might be the cool thing to do mm -hmm. right now in 2018 and in 2019, but don't let it die off in 2020. Um, we've seen it happen in recent mm -hmm. years, maybe back in 2011 or so with administration changes. Um, there was a movement, the Joint Forces mm -hmm. Initiative kind of just fizzled off. Mm -hmm. And I really just want to see it keep mm -hmm. going. So don't lose the fire under your butt. Keep it going. That's kind of the first thing I want to say. Mm -hmm. um, next, okay. yeah, the next thing is more technical, I guess. Um, with military spouses, a lot of employers just don't understand us, right? Um, we have a very unique set of needs, but really the primary things that an employer needs to focus on is retention and longevity for military spouses. Uh, realize also mm -hmm. that when you hire a military spouse, you're going to have to make some compromises. And you're going to have to make some exceptions for them sometimes to keep them on for the long term. But that shouldn't deter you from hiring them because hiring military spouses is just good for business. We work hard. We are dying to keep mm -hmm. these good jobs for a long term. And I like to say that we can work many miracles every single day, sometimes just to get out the door on time to be somewhere when you're kind of single parent moding it and you have three kids, it's a miracle in and of itself. And so you're literally tapping into this network of miracle workers who really, really, really want to work for you. And so it's a good business decision to try mm -hmm. to hang on to them. Uh, so it's all about retention and longevity. You may have to work in some flex work options may have to build in a little bit of time off for them because they have things to do like move and relocate every couple of years. But it's worth hanging on to them if your company has the ability to do that. Um, mm -hmm. The kind of 
the other thing I want to say is this, um, and I've, I've talked to some folks that do research on this subject, and this is kind of the general consensus from what I've gathered. Um, <clears throat> a lot of companies are gung-ho. They want to hire veterans. They want to hire military spouses. And that is so cool. Keep being gung-ho about it. But realize that military spouse needs are super, super different from veteran needs. Uh, we have yes, yeah. We have different we have different <laughs> things that we have going on. Veterans tend to be more stable; they're not mm -hmm. moving around all the time. They've already separated from the mm -hmm. military, and the crazy lifestyle is over. But military spouses just have different needs. A lot of us are in the middle of parenting, in the middle of moving, having deployed spouses, and our needs are just different. And so, just as an employer, mm -hmm. you can't just have this social responsibility or goodwill initiative to hire military spouses, you have to execute it. And that means that you have to create mm -hmm. its own, I don't know, separate hiring initiative. It's got to be different. You can't just roll mm -hmm. hiring military spouses up into your current veteran hiring initiative. If that makes sense. It just won't work. So yes, absolutely makes sense. I definitely yeah. experienced that firsthand being part of a, a military spouse focused training program. And I will say, you know, one of the things I think I'm getting out of that, in addition to the just the research that I'm doing for my doctoral project, is that it's like you said, going back to what you said about the fact that this is now is the great time to talk about military spouse careers because it's a hot topic. Everybody's wanting to be in on the space. But when that sort of fizzles out or when the interest is the same, and and that's true, that happened with mm -hmm. veterans because um, there was a point where everybody was just really gung-ho about helping veterans get employed and then their unemployment rate went down and yeah. then, great, done. we're done with veterans. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, you know, um, but the thing I think with military spouses uh, um, and helping military spouses is that I think what employers will see is that by helping us and figuring out how to deal with our specific problems, they are also able to figure out how to serve their workforce as a whole as the future of work progresses the way that it is. So I know people tend to get very focused and they get a little bit scared about not focusing on military spouse employment. Um, but I, I highly encourage employers and everybody working in this space to really think wider than just our community, because the things that are, are relevant to us, the, the child care, the, you know, the taking care of, of relatives in general who, who need your care or the flexibility of your schedule. Those are things that everyday civilians also have to contend with. And I think that, Military spouses are a great case to start really looking at those and improving those for your overall workforce, because there are certainly other people facing other challenges as well that are similar to ours, you know, um, but I, I think it's just like you said, it's good for business overall. It's not just good for business because of it's a military thing. It's just good for business in general. So I love yeah. that Amen. advice. Yes. Yeah. All right. And lastly, <laughs> I know. Right. I, you and I both, like, I think that it, yeah, it's just so important and it, it is such a hot topic and that's definitely where my energy yeah. is focused. It's not so much because I love that we have so much support for the military spouse. Your company provides such great support for military spouses. I think uh, my focus is definitely shifting toward employers and organizations that support military spouses and how do we do that better and well and effectively and, and how do we scale that beyond just even this community. So um, so last thing I'm going to ask you is something I keep asking 
um, more and more in these interviews is, um, tell me what you're grateful for today. <laughs> oh boy. So this was a loaded question. You gave me like a tip before we, uh, we started <laughs> and I still have just been racking my brain. And I said, as a joke, I said, Jamie, I'm not grateful for anything, but that's not true. Um, I have been just in general, um, uh, career-wise, being a wife, being a mom, just every role I play, I feel like has just been on fire lately. Um, and I, I am grateful for that. But I guess just more, more importantly, just to get more down into who I am is just that um, I think that all this good stuff is going on in my life because... I just kind of came to terms with who I am and what I enjoy and just kind of owned being myself, if that makes sense. Um, I've, I've always felt like before I needed to impress someone or be someone else to get in the door or whatever. And I just have kind of came to terms with who I am and by golly, I'm just going to be who I am. Um, so I'm grateful that I've kind of grown in that direction. Uh, but it's just made every little facet of my life better. Uh, my marriage and being a better mom and having a better career for myself. And I've been giving a lot more as far as uh, like giving a lot of time and energy and volunteering more, even though I work a lot. Um, I just feel like a better person because I am more confident. So I guess that so um, the thing that I'm most grateful for, I guess, is that I finally discovered my worth and my source of inner confidence. And I've just exploded at the seams over the past year or two. And, and that's really what I'm grateful for because it literally makes everything else in my life better. Uh, every relationship that I have. And so it's great. Yeah. I love that. Wow. I think that's a perfect, perfect thing to be thankful for and grateful for because yeah, that's a, that is a hard earned thing. <laughs> Confidence in oneself. Um, you know, I'm, I think uh, for me, definitely it has been over the course of, of my life, but you know, and it's a struggle every now and then, but I, I love that. Mm -hmm. You're grateful for that. And I think that that's a great way to end our conversation. Yeah, so fine. thanks so much, Jamie. Thanks, Jamie. Name twin. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of So Unbecoming. And thank you, Jamie, for being the phenomenal leader and professional you are. I'll have Jamie's contact information for you in the show notes for this episode. This year is quickly coming to a close. I'm heading to Los Angeles next week to defend my doctoral proposal at USC. Very exciting. And while I'm there, you'll still get to enjoy episode 18, my interview with another woman veteran, financial advisor, and fellow podcaster, Lacey Langford. And when I return, I'll be getting ready to release the first episode of my new podcast, So Not Alone, where I'll be talking about social isolation in the military community and the research and discourse informing my doctoral work to reduce active duty military suicide, a topic that's top of mind for many of us. I hope you'll join me for that show as well. You can get more information about that project at sonotalone.org and about this show and me at sounbecoming.com. I'll see you next time on So Unbecoming. Bye for now.